Due to adult language and content, this episode is intended for a mature audience. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today, we are going to a place where we have the ability to make daily choices towards the life we want to live, even if we come from trauma. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of mindset. We are searching for Michael Anthony. He is an international speaker, author, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. Is that you? That is indeed. Great. We found you. Thank you so much for inviting us here. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you. Yeah. So do you want to tell us what is this land of mindset? You know, it's, it's everything. It's, it's how we exist in the world. It's the way we think about ourselves. It's the way we think about the world. It's so much of what it is that encumbers us as human beings. You know, our, our brains are these fantastic and and beautiful machines that are capable of unworldly kind of adventures. And and yet sometimes we kind of either get in our way or we don't know how to tap into that. And, And mindset is about not only this idea of having control over your life, but having the freedom to take the risks of discovering who you are. Mm, that's so beautifully put. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's endless, right. And it can, and it can affect every aspect of our life I can imagine. So that's why we're here today. And can you tell us how you landed here? What brought you to this focus of mindset? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you the elevator pitch version. That way, okay. we won't be here all day. Um, so, <laughs> I, I I grew up in in Indianapolis in the Midwest in America. My my mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, she actually cut off my right index finger when I was four years old. So that kind of gives you like baseline. And then my stepfather was hyper abusive. My grandmother, who adopted me at twelve was super racist and I'm biracial black and white, right? So now I'm just insert really what became identity crisis. And from there, I started coping through, through drugs and alcohol very young. I got high for the first time I was 12 years old. That, that was a catalyst to breaking into houses and stealing cars and running with guns and selling drugs and, you know, watching my best friends go to prison and get murdered and, and being in this environment where I thought the world was against me. And by all rights, I had the right to think that. And as I headed into life, I was thinking real life, you know, post high school, and this is after not graduating on time, I was thinking to myself, how do you solve poverty? And my thought was money. 
And so I said to myself, I'm going to become successful legally, which is very important um, in corporate America. And by the time that I was 21, I was making six figures working for a fortune 50 company, but that only exacerbated the chaos of my life, more drugs, more food. I found myself morbidly obese, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, you know, weighing 350 pounds, watching the CrossFit games at 11 o'clock in the morning, eating chocolate cake. And it was this moment where I was like, this is, this must be as bad as it gets. And, and that was a decade ago. And, and in that, I had a moment where I recognized that everything about me was being informed by my environment. Everything mm-hmm. about me was being dictated by all the experiences that I had. And I believe that it's true that we are the sum total of all of our experiences leading up till this moment. How could you not be? What I didn't understand was that I had a choice in every single thing that happened next in my life. And, mm, and from that very moment, good point. what happened is I, I went and I looked in the mirror at this, you know, fat round face in front of me thinking like when I was a child and I was homeless and I was literally stealing water from the house next door to us because our water would keep getting cut off. I had this moment where I said, I will never live like this as an adult. This was a very broad term at the time, but looking back on it now, I go that this was under the guise that I was not capable of being a powerful being in the world. And as I stepped into that healing journey and had this moment of reflecting in the mirror of my experience, I made a declaration at that time that I was going to do whatever it took to create health in my life. And that became a process of effectively doing all the opposite of everything I had done to that moment. And and that was getting serious about therapy, men's group therapy, CBT, EMDR, NLP, all of the acronyms on top of learning how to eat and take care of myself. And the biggest part of it was the willingness to step into the unknown because I was so terrified of the idea that I may be able to actually reach potential of whatever capacity in my life that I'd always self-sabotage because think about this. If if your whole life, people are going to tell you, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. And if we are the stories that we tell ourselves, then eventually that holds true. And what happened was I recognized that that was only true because I allowed it to be fast forward 10 years later. I'm an author, an international speaker, a coach, a mentor, and a podcast host where, you know, I never anticipated nor, nor did I sign up to be the spokesperson for childhood trauma. But the reality is that I don't know anything better than I know this, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know anything better than I know the process of creating the life that you want to have, because effectively, through mindset and a whole lot of work, the Michael sitting here in front of you right now is a caricature of the idea of the person that I knew I could be if I gave myself the space to pursue that. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I'm sure people listening are probably blown away. It sounds like you did a 180 uh, with your life. And, uh, you know, you talk about mindset and I think maybe in hindsight, you were probably picking up on, okay, I've made these choices what do you say to people that, um, you know, want that, but they can't get to where you're at? Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to be willing to face the choice 
or excuse me, you have to be willing to face the consequences of your decisions. One of the things that I lacked really hard was acknowledging that something had happened to me. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think at, at one point that's baseline for everything in our life. We have to have a moment of acknowledgement, whether it's our fault or not our fault, that something is controlling the, the spiral that we're in into this place I call the vortex. And in that acknowledgement, you actually start to regain not only composure, but the power of creating the life that is in front of you. And in that acknowledgement, also, one of the things that you have is an understanding of if I got to hear through these actions, well, then how do I get to where I'm going through no longer stepping into this? The problem is, and to answer your question, is the lack of self-belief is ingrained in us. And, and this is across the board. I don't care oh, who yeah. you are. Exactly. In such a deep and intrinsic way that the first thing that you have to understand is that in order to create the life that you want to have, you're going to have to be able, you're, you're going to have to force yourself to get okay with doing hard, difficult, and uncomfortable things. Because there's an odd nomenclature that exists in the world that's kind of laid out within this understanding of somehow you deserve. But I think that you have to earn everything that you want to have in life. And none of it's easy. None of it's simple. And it's all a journey. The problem is when you are faced with that understanding and you have to make the choice, are you willing to do it? And that's so much about what this is. I mean, look, realistically, I can give you a million reasons why no one could ever have the life that they want to have, but then I can give you a million why they can. And mm -hmm. so much of it is about making a declaration to yourself that you're willing to do whatever it takes to have that life. And that can mean anything. That's not only like career, it's relationship, it's your physical, mental, emotional health. It's the whole gamut of being a human being. And in that, I think to get to that place, you have to have grace and you have to be courteous to yourself. And most importantly, you have to leverage the understanding that this word hope can be really powerful. Like there is no timeline for having the life that you want to have. And, and I measure my understanding of like this pursuit of life goals against the idea that on a long enough timeline, I'm probably going to die before I achieve them. But that doesn't hinder me from moving forward because everything that I do is, is predicated on the idea that I'm going to move forward in my life towards the life that I want to have, no matter what, if you've already hit rock bottom, where else are you going to go? Make a choice, hold to it, make yourself accountable and just move forward knowing simultaneously. And this is the hard part of it, that you will fall back. You will have these moments in which you sit and you recognize, oh no, I'm in old behavior patterns or I messed up or I misstepped. But one of my favorite things in life is to fail. And that is because it is one of the greatest data points that you have in your experience, because now you look at it and you go, that didn't work. Let me try it this way. Yes, yes. You said a lot of valuable things there. I want to point out with people that you, one, it was declaration, which I think is super powerful. And I also like that you brought up, um, deserving versus earning. And I think, uh, myself included, you know, we constantly want to tell ourselves because all of us on the planet are worthy of a life that we want. Right. But, um, I do believe you taking actions and moving toward it. And, and the fact that you bring up, it's like each choice every day for the future, you know, besides what happened in the past of being accountable, it's like each day you make a choice 
to move in the direction of the life you want, which is hard, hard work. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. It's not sugarcoating the reality of it, but I mean, you seem like, yeah, a 180. Now you have a book, a podcast, and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the type of coaching that you do? Because you said you're a coach. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's kind of, you know, I think about this often. I mean, I didn't graduate high school on time and I had F's in English and I wrote a book, right? There, yeah. There's all, all of the world is against me in that, right? And, right. and they go, you're not capable. You're never going to do it. And, and it was very much, it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to live your life or not? Like, who cares? And, and for coaching, you know, it's very much about, here, here's what happened. I took my understanding of all the work that I've done over the course of the last decade and a lifetime, all of the personal growth, all of the conferences and events, all the books, podcasts, all the time sending, like I used to sit in rooms with people getting their PhDs and certification classes for continuing education that I don't get because I don't have a college degree because I'm so curious about understanding the foundations of the human brain and body when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. So I've taken all this world of knowledge and understanding and I compressed it and compiled it into what worked for me. And that's the thing, like it doesn't necessarily always work for everyone, but it right. works for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. I've had clients all over the world from athletes and celebrities to, to moms and dads and people who have normal jobs and regular lives, right? Quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and the number one thing is it's about helping people leverage the thing that they already know about themselves, Mm, but creating great. a baseline for self-belief that allows them to actually utilize that understanding. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really remarkable. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I think about my journey and and the investment at the time into coaching and, and like, it's so funny because recently I've been having these moments of thinking about my initial journey into personal growth you know, when I was 25, 26 years old. And prior to those moments, like, I remember the first time I, <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Tony Robbins, I was like, this is the most ridiculous human being I've ever seen in my life. Why would anyone listen to this guy? He's talking about your life can be yours. He's clapping. People are jumping up and down. I'm like, that's bullshit. And the thing that I discovered is that my fixed mindset had kept me from discovering the truth of that I wasn't always the smartest person in the room. And because of that, I really stepped into personal growth. And the most profound experiences that I've had in, in my journey have been through having my own coach and having people mm. who know more than me to guide yeah. me. Because mm -hmm. if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And, and coaching now mm. for me is very much about how do we take the tools that I understand that work really effectively, not only from a mindset, but a practical standpoint. And in addition to challenging people through accountability and laying out a game plan to ultimately create change in their life, because it's, it's communal, right? And I think about the journeys in which people are most successful. And if you look at the most successful people in the world, they didn't do it alone. No, so that is very part true. Of it is, yeah, of course. Name someone who did something incredible alone. I can't, I cannot think of, one. I don't think that exists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so this, this in, in one aspect is about creating community, letting people know and understand that a, they're seen and that they're not alone. And that B I think about it like this, this is the B 
when the first person ever like went parachuting and jumped out of an airplane, like that person for sure probably died. But the second person <laughs> sitting there watching looked at it and goes, oh, no, no, it's actually capable. Like this can be done, right? And I don't know if they uh-huh. died or not. This is But the point being is you you see something and you go, mm-hmm. someone else did it. So that yeah. means that I can probably do it too. And that's what it's about. And that was my journey too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weight loss and quitting cigarettes and not drinking myself to sleep every night and creating accountability and the whole thing was how do I leverage what other people know that I don't know? And, mm-hmm. and that ultimately came from community. And that's what coaching is like building up community through accountability. And it's one-on-one of course, but it opens you up to the, to the unknown. And that that's really a powerful place to be. That is a powerful place to be. And that's, I love the way you put all of that. It's like, you know, right now in this day and age, there's a lot of coaches out there, but the way you put how you coach and how you you formulate that, I think was really cool. Um, I also like the fact that you brought up, you know, as we go through life and our own journey, each person knows so much about their experiences in their life, but they don't have the necessary tools to move forward. It's like, go, you know, work with someone that knows a little bit more maybe about that. Even that, so it's like, you bring your knowledge about yourself to the coach or to a person helping them that has more experience with the tools and then combining that with accountability. Yeah. Sounds like uh, you can go really, really far. Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating to me. My my favorite moment coaching or, or really in anything that I do is is when someone's done, when they're like, I don't need to do this anymore. Because it's such an empowering moment for people to recognize, like, holy shit, like I can actually have my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there aren't times, and, and you know, I have my own coach still, I have my own therapist. I always have the back and forth because I need that unbiased perspective of the world. But to me, it's really beautiful in those moments in which someone reaches out to me who's a client and they say, I get it. I'm good. I don't have to do this anymore. My life is something about it is different. And and that's what it's about. And and I think one of the really unfortunate parts about the movement that's happening in coaching right now, which I've seen over the course of the last few years, is a lot of people just think that they can step into it. And I'm not mm. saying you can't because you do have to learn. You have to figure it out. There's a process to it. But, you know, I, I think you got to hedge your bets against the idea that a lot of people, they don't want you to move through the system. They want you in that. And to me, I'm like, how quickly can I get you away from me right. <laughs> right? into right, the world right. on your own path? Like, un- like, I don't want you under my wing for four years. That's pointless. Mm-hmm. That means we have failed. And so my thought is like, how do we be successful? And for some people, it's very fast. And for some people, it takes a little bit longer. What would it be like? You know, let's say I was someone that wanted to to work with you. Can you kind of give us, paint us a picture of what it would be like to go through maybe a coaching session or like a coaching series that you provide? Well, you know, it it all starts with, again, that question of what are you willing to do, right? Mm -hmm. What are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And, And I parlay what I do as a coach with having baselines, right? And I think that there's a missed opportunity for a lot of people in this industry who don't have parameters around acceptability. Like to even have a, a coaching session with me, you have to have a therapist. Like I'm not even going to talk to you if you don't. And mm-hmm. and you have to be in a position where you've made a declaration to yourself that you're willing to invest and that you're willing to like step onto the path and say, all right, let's do it. Let's go. And then once you're in that moment with me, 
when you make that choice and we're having the conversation, it's about, are you willing to be honest? Are you willing to look at your faults? And look, we all have faults. We all have disappointments, but are you willing to let go of that being the thing that dictates your life to step into what's next? And that's so much in, in creating a new understanding and reframing who we are. And so in, in one, in one token, it, it's conversational, right? Mm-hmm. It's about creating the understanding of self through speech. And the other side of it is I actually built a curriculum, which I mentioned a little bit ago that I broke down a decade's worth of experience into what at the time was a five day in-person workshop that I've taught in Bali and Singapore and in LA and in Portland and around the world. And, and then I took the best pieces of that. And I, I said, okay, how do we make this one-on-one? And how do we, how do we extend it over a period of time? Because, you know, I think the other part of it is you have to be patient. You have to be patient. It takes time to get to the place where change is noticeable, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about accountability. It's about building yourself up. It's about being willing to every single day show up for yourself. And that's the hard part. Like, that's the thing that I don't think people recognize about coaching is that, you know, I'm not going to do anything that's going to change your life. It's not on me. That's on you. The only thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to be the smarter person in the room for a moment. Right. And and that's what it's about. Can I give you my tools and understanding of the world so that you can leverage them to move forward? And then when I go and I do my thing on my side, like I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room. Like I, I have people around me in my life who are some of the most successful businessmen, entrepreneurs, and coaches on planet earth. And that's this really beautiful thing. And it's kind of like communally, I think, and I thought about this not that long ago. I, I think to an extent, we have a responsibility to share our understanding of the world. And by mm-hmm. doing that, we create change in other people's lives. And that's what it is, right? It, it's about stepping into effectively a battle of, it's just like in writing, right? It's a battle of you versus you. And it's about stepping into that battle and be, being willing to wield that sword and to say, all right, let's go. And that's what coaching is. Oh, yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. I love that you brought up, um, <laughs> that it's on them. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, you're, you're like the guide, which you are right now guiding us through mindset, guiding with the tools that you have, the, the experience and the knowledge, um, to help them make their choices with you. So for people that, you know, choose to work with you or people that are seeking this help, can you give us an idea of what maybe they're going through in their lives that makes them make the call to you? Like, what do you typically see? Or is it even typical? You know, it's, it's, here's what's shocking to me after doing this for so long, it's not typical. And, you know, I have people that I work with exclusively on business and then exclusively on dating and then on trauma healing and then on, you know, being married. It's very interesting that I think the one common denominator 
and, and this is what's really beautiful about it, even though that's dispersed and it's all over the place. The one thing that I notice in everyone that I work with is that they have made a choice that they're willing. They're willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And that means asking for help. And yes. that's actually the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings is, is to sit with the understanding that sometimes you're going to have to have a little bit of support. You yeah. need a little bit of help from your friends, right? And and in that and looking at it, that's the one thing I always notice is it doesn't matter where they're at in their lives. Because again, I've, I've worked with athletes and celebrities. I've worked with millionaires. I've worked with teachers and architects and across the gamut of the human scope. And the one thing that every single one of these people have in common is they're just willing to ask for help. They're willing to do it. And then more so, accept the fact of the reality that they're going to have to do some hard shit on the backside. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's a real commitment. So what would you say to people that, um, you know, they're listening right now and they're, they're pretty interested, but they are not there yet. Let's say they, they're like, okay, that sounds interesting, but I don't think I'm there yet. What would you advise them to, to get to a place where, um, if they're feeling like, oh, that sounds really intimidating, what would they need to do with their mind or kind of support to get to get to even to a place to step in and work with someone like you? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a yet. I don't think that happens. I, I don't think you ever have this moment where you're like, oh, I'm there. This seems like the right time. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's not real because uh-huh. like, here's the thing you could die right now. Mm-hmm. And in and, and, and leveraging that in my own life, I think about the idea that if I wait, tomorrow may never come. And, and I don't want to be on my deathbed and ever wonder what if. And, and that is something that I think you have to take into consideration when you're going to go into a healing journey of any capacity. You know, and, and people will, all, I can make an excuse. Give me one. I can tell you why it's invalid. I can tell you why that excuse is invalid because you will always have an excuse. And look, I get it because you don't get to 350 pounds destroying your life by accident. That takes a lot of effort. Yes. And, and my motto, the, the way that I've established and I live my life is very simple. No excuses, just results. And that just means showing up every single day. Because if we always waited till we were ready, we would never do anything in life. That is very true. (laughs) That is very, very true. Yeah. I always feel like we're like, we make a decision and we're probably 75% ready. If that, (laughs) I mean, I make choices every day where I'm like, that might've been wrong. Right. But you, you make it because what else are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think about my willingness to make mistakes is leveraged against the idea that on a long enough timeline, I'm going to make every mistake a human being can probably make. Right. I mean, I don't anticipate like murdering somebody, but I'm going to do a lot of really stupid shit in my life. But I'm also going to do some great stuff. And if I'm not willing to parlay them, you don't get one without the other. And the only way that you get either is just by doing it. Right. And so Mm -hmm, I I think mm -hmm. you do have to just step into it. I don't like this idea that one day you're magically going to be prepared for something is asinine. It doesn't work that way. But you can leverage that all, all day long. I'm not ready. But that's enough, right? That's that's like this ideal. It's it's the idealization of you not being enough. 
Mm-hmm. In true form, you go, I'm not yeah. ready because I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel like I'm capable. I don't think that I can do it. I don't, I don't, I don't like it's, it's such in that negative mindset and, and in that fixed mindset, especially where you're already immediately putting parameters on yourself and, and like, fuck coaching. That has nothing to do with this is life. This yeah. is life across the board. Like mm-hmm. that moment in which you sit with this idolization of can't, won't, shouldn't, don't, you've immediately put a platform in front of you that you are never going to be able to scale because you've automatically, just by stating that, removed possibility from your life. And so I think about that. If you are leveraging your understanding of self as you're not capable, then you're not going to be capable. Sorry, that's the way it is. Your life is never going to change. But if you sit with it and you go, all right, I have an understanding that until this moment, perhaps I haven't lived up to my own expectation. I've recognized that I have this understanding of who I am because of everything that has always been told to me from the world. Extrinsically, I've allowed that to create who I am. Okay, great. New baseline. Enter scene two, act two. Okay, now what are you going to do about it? I understand the impact of my past. Now I recognize that moving forward, I can at least try. I can show up. I can give it an effort. I can be willing to fail. I can find out what happens knowing that I'm probably not going to be successful, but on every attempt, I will gather incredible data points that will help me continue down the path that eventually, if I'm lucky, on a long enough timeline will equal the success as narrated and and defined by myself as opposed to the world extrinsically. Mm, That's fantastic. I like that you brought up, um, you know, I I think sometimes people will think, uh, okay, I just want to do the 180. And the way you're talking about taking the steps, it's, it's even like the unknown, which is exactly what you were saying earlier, taking a step, not ensuring what's going to happen. And yes, you could fail, but it's okay because you're still taking action. For you helping people, because I know uh, it is challenging when we have that story, these beliefs, especially if they've been embedded in us for so long, whether our environment, um, the people around us, and then our own minds telling us. So when you're working with people and they're taking steps, are you also doing the talk about reframing language or things like that when they're taking action? Yeah, I mean, that's baseline. I mean, that, that's what it is effectively, right? Because you, you have to form new frameworks and understandings of yourself because until you do that, and then the hard part of it is like sitting in it and acknowledging mm-hmm. that it's okay to be different than you were and, and thinking yeah, about how you continue down that path. Cause that's the most difficult thing that we ever do. And, you know, I, I sit here and I look at the person I am today, which is literally a construct of an idea. I looked at my life and I wrote it all down and I said, that's what I want to move towards. Mm -hmm. And in that process, and even with my clients, it's one of the very first things that we do. It's designing who you are. You take that understanding and you move towards it. You know, this is who I am. And every single day you move towards it, you move towards it, you move towards it. And that's all reframing. Everything we do is changing the way that we think the juxtaposition of who we are versus who we want to be is all within the, not only the action that we take, but in the way we choose to think about ourselves on that journey. Yes. Yes. That's huge. Wow. Nice. So you have a book out there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this book? Is it, it's all about what we're talking about right now? Yeah. So I I wrote 
I wrote Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma because I, I recognized that it was the book that I needed like mm. eight years ago. I was in, I was really deeply enthralled with the education side of personal growth and I was going to therapy, but I was still like falling back in old behavior patterns, right? Quit smoking, start smoking, quit smoking, start smoking, like drink, 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 whatever, get healthy, get healthy. And then like the back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and what I didn't understand is like, I, I had not yet formed an intrinsic understanding of intention of why mm. I do the things that I do. And in this book, was very much about taking all of the understandings that I have in the world, distilling them down to the really their simplest form. And then on the backside of it, giving you the space, the moment that you finish reading a chapter to have an intrinsic reflection of the understanding that you've just made by writing in the book. And effectively it's part journal, part self-help because the thing that I felt was really missing is mm-hmm. I would learn all this shit and get thrown at me and then I wouldn't have the space to create an understanding of what it actually had just meant. And so, yes. that's Oh, that's so is. great. Yeah. And and that's oh. what the book is. How do you do, how do you understand what you just learned? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. when I would go to these, these seminars or be in these rooms with PhD doctorates or whatever that thing was, I was just <laughs> like, what? And I would have to like sit and it would take me a really long time to process and now I can process so much faster because on the backside of these things, it's, it's effectively doing an examination of what you understand about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's why I wrote it because it felt important. And I think that's why most people write a book is because they go, this is the book that I needed when I needed it. And now this will be the first in a series that I already have planned. So it's just about continuing and diving deeper as we go. Effectively, Think Unbroken is a 101. It is the baseline entry point of this journey. Everything that's next is going to go deeper. Okay. And I want to point to this too. I wanted to challenge myself. And I mentioned mm-hmm. it a moment ago, but you know, being a kid who grew up homeless in the hood, who graduated from a school that was called a dropout factory by Harris Polls, which effectively means it's one of the worst schools in America, which is now closed. Um, it was impossible not to graduate from that high school. And I, I got expelled. I got put into a last chance program. I pretty much had straight F's. And then I had to go to summer school, did not graduate on time and found myself being declined from even community college. It was like, okay, I'm going to show you what I'm capable of doing. And like, look, realistically, sometimes a little chip on your shoulder goes a really long way if you use it the right way. And, Mm -hmm. and that, that effectively was the driver. I sat with it. And as I wrote this book, this book, I was living in Bali. I was living in Thailand. I was living in Singapore and London and all these places that the world told me I would never be capable of going. I'm a poor homeless kid from the hood with no parents. Well, what are you going to do about it? Oh man, that's so fantastic. I'm so glad you wrote that book because uh, when you said you wrote this for yourself, I believe when you write it for yourself, that's where it starts. And there's someone else that needs that book. And it sounds like there's probably a lot of people that need that book. And when you described that um, you left a space for journaling, I mean, I know at least for me and the work that I do and the people that I work with, uh, process can be hard. Processing can be hard. And you literally in your book, give people the space to process. It's like, okay, you have the information and now how does that apply to yourself? So I think that's really beautiful. 
and uh, super remarkable. Thank God you had a chip on your shoulder because sometimes, yeah, we get pressed so hard and it looks like you're just like, no, this is, this is not for me. You're, you had to prove yourself and, and yeah. find. And, and a lot of people of. do, you know, a lot of people do read it. And I mean, it sold thousands and thousands of copies. And I even gave away a thousand copies in December. I mean, there are tens of thousands of these in the world. I never see them online, though. Nobody ever mm. posts it. No one ever shares it. Because here's the thing I want people to understand, like, the elephant in the room of mental health care is still child abuse. And it yeah. is the darkest fucking subject that exists probably in the entire world. And, and we live in this society where it's socially acceptable to smack your kid in the face or beat them. But if you were to hit an animal, you go to prison. And, and I'm not advising, like, I don't think it's okay to hit an animal. But my point being right. is we still live in such a dark society that even reading this book is incredibly difficult for people. Mm -hmm. And it's not my life story. So let's be clear about that. The preface tells you about my journey, right? Because I think you have to know that, right? Mm -hmm. But the rest of the book is about the understanding of of the world that you live in. And, and I think this just becomes a piece of the gateway to changing the narrative of this conversation societally as a whole. And, and it's hard and it's difficult and it's dark and there's nothing easy about stepping into this book, but just like everything in life, if you're willing to be a little bit uncomfortable, you will discover something about yourself. Yes, yes. And, you know, thank you for, for paving that way for people and, and for yourself. I think it's, it's great what you're doing. Um, I'm great that you have, you're going to start a series of books that people can dive deeper and you have your podcast. How can people, um, one, if they're interested in the book, where could they find the book? Um, so the book's everywhere. If you don't have money, go to the library. It's there too. Um, it, it's literally everywhere. Amazon, thinkunbroken.com, Kindle. The audio book will be out in a couple of weeks once I get that sorted. Um, and then I'm on social medias everywhere. I'm Michael and Broken across the board. Um, and my podcast, which thank you for mentioning, is Michael and Broken Podcast, which is gaining a lot of steam right now. And it's it's awesome. It's making me really happy that people are listening to whatever comes out of my nonsensical <laughs> mouth at times. Well, that's great. I'm glad it's doing so well. That's awesome. So if um, if people want to work with you, um, what would they need to do if they're they're curious and would like to get some coaching from you? Yeah, there, there's a form um, that you can fill out on my website as soon as you get there on thinkunbroken.com. Um, and then we schedule a, a consultation call with me and we'll go from there. Great, great. And um, so... Is there anything else, you know, as people are listening to this and it sounds very profound, you know, the life that you've led and what you're doing now and even the type of work that you're putting out there, it all sounds super powerful. Um, any other advice or tips right now for people um, just just making this change or making or taking a step in the direction of a life um, they, they may think is possible for them? Yeah, absolutely. The the and I wrote this on the back of the book and it's in the book and it's everywhere on my social media. It's all over the place. It's that though trauma may be our foundation, it is not our future. And that to me is so much intertwined with this understanding of of possibility. You know, the the like realistically the world probably doesn't care if you succeed, but you should. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's beautifully said. 
Thank you so much, Michael. That's great. And um, we're so happy you took us here and we're a wonderful, powerful guide into mindset. And um, it was such a pleasure to, to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate having the space. I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShutler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.